Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guests are Diana Sussman-Tuckstein and Leanne Pacheco. I got those names right. Didn't I, ladies? Okay, yes. All right. So (laughs) Diana and Leanne are advocates for operating with integrity, empathy, positivity, both professionally and personally and in everything they do, which is why you are here today. I love people that do this. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. Happy to be here. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. And and who brought you to me? Alex Carson. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you, Alex. Shout out to you for bringing me amazing. (laughs) So thank you guys both for being here so much. And And what I love, and I think this is so important for these times is that we are leading with this in our profession. And let's talk professional because Mm -hmm. we see too many yucky companies. And so yay for not yucky companies. And it has to be more of a grassroots kind of thing going on, which is Mm -hmm. what you guys are doing. So speak to it. Yes. (laughs) I I love what you just said. I think Leanne and I were talking about this a couple days ago, but we both have really interesting experiences since we first talked a couple months ago. Um, My life has changed a lot. I recently got a new job in a completely different industry than I used to work in. I worked in the nonprofit sector and now I work in the cannabis industry. And it's a corporate environment and it is very different from what I'm used to. So just kind of figuring out how to maintain my authenticity and being positive in this brand new environment has been really interesting. And I've learned a lot along the way. For oh, sure. I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in the corporate environment can be difficult I, as a marketer. And I've, I've worked with smaller companies. I've worked with solopreneurs, but then we've also worked with some corporate clients and some of those corporate clients the environment was very toxic and I was okay when they went away Mm -hmm. because I was just like, I don't like how you guys operate over there and throwing each other under the bus and, you know, Mm -hmm. and throwing us under the bus because, you know, we're not there to represent ourselves. It's like, oh, those damn marketers. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. Can Mm -hmm. I explain how this, we came to this place and who told me to do what, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, there's such an important piece to, both of what you just said, which is balance, because in the nonprofit world where I've spent most of my life, there's an incredible imbalance of you, you hear the, but we're a family here. And that should immediately just have a red, red flag. flag yeah. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yes. Like you can build incredible relationships like Diane and I would have mm-hmm. never met. Um but you you get that empathetic side, but you really miss on a lot of the other pieces that a corporate kind of entity provides you with. Oh my gosh. But that entity doesn't provide you with all of the empathetic pieces that you need from nonprofit. So there's this balance um, thing that happens that that is so important that's really missed. Um, On my very first day at my new company, it was like maybe my first or second day, um, you know, I had done the intro meetings and it's a fully remote job. So everything is on Zoom. And I had done my intro meetings and I had this like a kind of debriefing call with the HR lady at the end of the day just to see how things were going. And I was talking to her and she was just like, Diana, you just seem like a really positive, nice person. And my first thought was, like, isn't everyone? Is that yeah. different yeah. than other people? Exactly. Wait, red flag. Exactly. I was like, so are you not used to people like me? Am I like an anomaly? Yeah. It was, of course, it was meant as a compliment, but I was like, weird. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've never Thank been you. addressed that. It's a, 
so far I've had a great experience at my new company. Um, it's female owned and operated. So things are definitely very empathetic and intentional and yes. it's a startup. So there's a lot of room for growth and a lot of room for learning, which is very mm-hmm. similar to the nonprofit world. Uh, but it's been, it's been really fun so far. Well, good. <laughs> well, and it's interesting, the cannabis industry. I mean, that's such, so what, I mean, what do you guys do make? Yeah. So our main thing, it's a startup. They started in 2019 and our, it's called Leafwell and we work to provide medical cards to patients around the country. So we can operate in any state that has telehealth and medical cannabis laws. And pretty much what it does is you get onto the platform, you're matched with a doctor, you can be instantly certified to get medical cannabis, and then you apply to your state, you get your card, you can shop at dispensaries in your state. Uh, So we kind of are that middle ground of helping dispensaries unite with patients and getting patients certified so they can come to their business. Um, It's very different from the nonprofit NGO world. I worked in the international space like Leanne did. And so moving from like this international culture to just cannabis has been a lot of learning curves. Uh, people in the cannabis industry are obviously very relaxed and chill for the most part, <laughs> yeah. but, which I yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay, that's good. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's a cool role at least. I like mm-hmm. it. I li- and Leanne, talk about what you're doing. Yeah, so I made the transition from nonprofit to a more corporate setting. I work at Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Um, I'm very fortunate and I was poached by one of my best friends who I had met at a previous nonprofit job at United Way. And he essentially created this position for me. So I'm their their community engagement manager. Mm -hmm. So I go out into the community and I meet with different partners, with different clients. And I'm really that kind of, uh, that just personable touch, I would say, to a company. Especially Um, a corporate company. Especially a corporate company, but especially within real estate too. I've been a realtor before as well. Um, and it's just, it's very stressful when you've never bought a house before or when you have oh. and you're just trying to sift through all of the options available. Mm-hmm. It's it's a really high charge space to be in. So I'm trying to be that person that really is just empathetic and there and understanding and giving them the, the needs that they want. So that's what I'm doing now. But I'm actually, since we last spoke, I'm taking a sabbatical for myself. So I'm on month two, and it has been incredible and very needed. Um, The position I was in before was just very, very, very high charged. I was working, what would you say, Diana, like... Probably like 80 hours a week, it almost seemed yeah, like. Minimum. It was so much. Yeah, mm-hmm. during our, our crazy season, I it was like 20, 24-hour days um, for about six months straight. No, that's not good. And she no, withered that away. You, yeah. That makes you lose a lot of yourself. I, you yeah. lose what's going on. You become. That's not good for... It is not. It is not good. No, mm-hmm. no. My and husband and I joked. I became this like troll under the bridge, did. like just in the office. I never left unless I needed to use the bathroom or to get more water. And it was just, it, it was so bizarre. It's so weird to look back at that and think like, oh, that was me. How that's, did I get that's what I did. on that treadmill? Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. it's so good that you at some point put your head up and went, uh, no. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I used to, you know, as an owner, you know, the entrepreneur world, yes. right? And you can get so sucked into just working constantly. And yeah. I also have a, an issue with being kind of a workaholic. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. um, and I seem to attract those people into my company. So we have a thing where we, we, we like have to, like, we talk to each other, like, are you, see, I feel like you're working a lot. You yeah. have to tell me if you're working a lot. Oh, I love that. Because, you know, and, and when I hire people, I, I say, we're all remote workers. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting next to you. I'm not watching how much you're doing. And, you know, marketing is a lot of work, but 
on the, you may not see all the work that goes mm-hmm. into like creating that one post yes. and, you know, on all the things that happen along with that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much happening behind the scenes of marketing. It's hard for people to really understand the amount of time and energy that goes into something. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, even though I'm a marketer, I, I, I need them to say to me, yeah. Oh, I'm working a lot of hours yeah, and I absolutely. need to, you know, and, and I've even gotten to where I used to work every weekend. I'm working less on weekends and being very mindful of it. Like Sunday mm. I sat down, I was yeah. like, I'm kind of bored. Oh, I'll, I'll just work. And then I thought, no, mm. no, 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 think of something else to do. Yeah. 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 I think like self-advocacy is one of the biggest keys to having like a positive, better life. Because I was just talking to my brother about this yesterday. Like you are born just yourself. You're going to die just yourself. And the only person you're ever always going to have in your corner is yourself. So you have to make sure that you're advocating for your needs because no one else is going to. (laughs) And I love that you do the sabbatical. Mm -hmm. And so what are you doing with your days? Like, have have you, are you on a creative adventure? Mm. What are you doing? Yes, all the above, which you only said one thing, but (laughs) all the things you didn't say. (laughs) Um, It encompassed a lot. It encompassed all the things, yes. So, yeah, I'm I'm really rediscovering this new version of myself because I, for so long, was this version of myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I was managing global teams. I was managing global events. I was taking the brunt of things for people so they didn't have to. I was really at the top of my game of who I wanted to be. And so I'm rediscovering, okay, well, who do I want to be now? Mm. So my days are filled with, gosh, the first week I literally just slept and laid around and watched TV. And that's what my body needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, as each week kind of progresses, I'm trying to do more creative outlets. I love painting. I love um, just hanging out with my cat or, you know, just discovering something that I didn't know about the city. Um, I'm doing this, this course, it's a 12 week course to heal burnout, um, avoid burnout, to learn about the energy in your body, all, all of the things. Um, this incredible woman that I met, her name is Lene and she runs, um, this program and she is all about quantum physics and communication. And so, that has been filling my time as well. So I have a course that I'm following. I really wanted to have intention through my rest period as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I think I'm just discovering a lot of things about myself and figuring out who this next person is going to be, who I want them to be, what I really want and, mm-hmm. and creating the, the appropriate boundaries around that to make Very sure that it happens. good for you. And mm-hmm. boundaries, yes. yes. Boundaries are important. So I, important. So I'm like way older than you guys, but I have learned, like I will establish boundaries up front with a lot of people yeah. because I'm like, listen, you know, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love it when, you know, when people are like, oh, but you know, I, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. I'm like, mm, yeah, but it's not a bad idea for us to talk about this, you know, like yes. with clients even, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. let's talk about this ahead of time. So we know, so we have expectations, you know, so it's not, you're wanting a whole lot more than we're actually, you know, on board to do for Mm -hmm. you because the scope creep is a thing and it's very easy to do Mm -hmm. again because you don't know what's really going on in the back end. So let's talk about, you know, you guys about integrity in the business world, Mm. you know, so Mm -hmm. you with doing the mortgage, I mean, that's, that is, uh, it's 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 just very scary. Even if you the, the first yeah. time, it's like, what am I signing? Yes. What am I signing yeah. my life away here? Um, th- but every time you do it, 
Mm-hmm. It's painful. There's information you have to find that you can't find. There's people mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just like, it's just so difficult to get through it, even with the most loving, empathetic person in your corner, yeah. you know, and then you with the cannabis industry, even though your people are laid back, it's still a business. There's still things going on. Yes. So talk about the integrity factor uh, of business. Mm. I think the number one thing for me that I always try to remember is whenever I'm communicating to someone or trying to get my point across, I think about how I would want that information to be received yes. myself. Um, yes. I think about like, how would I want someone's tone of voice to be? How do I want them to be smiling, no matter what the type of news is? Yep. And I, I try to be really genuine in my communication all the time. To give an example, in this new job, we do a lot of outreach. So we do like automated emails out to people, um, kind of just like a, a cold emailing, cold calling almost. And I, they gave us kind of like a, a template to use that everyone uses. And I found that I was not having a lot of success with that template, not a lot of, you know, people emailing me back. So I kind of changed the language in how I would speak, how I would say it. Um, it felt more me and I'm getting more responses that way just because I feel like it comes from a more authentic and actually, we want to help you. You know, we're not trying to buy something from you. You're not trying mm-hmm. to get your money. We actually want to help you. And that comes more across in that communication. So it's been more successful. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. And it is true. If it sounds more like you, it feels authentic. And then when the person, when you're talking to the person, like, boy, she's very different. Right. <laughs> and then they're going to be like, that was just an automated email, wasn't it? Like, you never want them to think of that. Never, never. Mm-hmm. No, and I very much approach things the same way. I think I, I come from a lens of, yes, how would you want this? But also, like, this situation is not about me mm-hmm. right now. This isn't about me. This is about you. And I think it takes, one, a lot of energy and a lot of intuition to be able to sit with someone and just listen to what they're saying, actively listening, not thinking about the next thing that you want to say, not thinking about your own experience that you had that they're bringing up, but just listening to what they're saying, what they're feeling, looking at their body language, what their tone is, like Diana said, um, and just really being in that moment with them. It's, It's having a true human connection versus a passing thing that you will just forget about. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, really what I try to do when I'm with anybody. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves is when you're talking with someone and they're just totally distracted by everything, and which I can do that as well. Right, right, right. There are some things that are just overstimulating. But if someone is just on their phone and you're trying to talk with them, or the biggest thing that I always notice in crowds is if somebody is, I'm sure all of us have been in a situation when someone is trying to tell a story and something gets sidetracked and someone gets on a, on a tangent and the whole crowd of the, the group of people switch their attention to something else and someone else. And that person is just kind of left there like, oh, I, well, I guess I have nothing else to say. Like that was my story. Mm-hmm. But then someone is actually paying attention and they shift back and they're like, Actually, Diana, can you finish your story? I was really excited about what you said. Like, if you watch those people, they light up Mm -hmm. because they feel seen, they feel heard, and that's all people want. Like, we want everything mirrored back to us because it's our value. Like, Mm -hmm. attention has value. True. And so if you don't have someone's attention, you're not valuable. That right there is so important. And, and And I've been in these situations before where I've been telling a story and then it gets, and I'm like, well, okay. And I love when people come back. And the same thing where someone's telling a story and someone goes on a tangent, which is fine because it's part of conversation. Mm -hmm. But 
there's, I, I always have this thought of you don't, you want to connect the circle. Yes. So you don't want this live wire just kind of hanging out there that's yeah. just, you know, that mm. no one has connected. And yes. so I, I always think about like when people say, oh, let's do lunch. And then that's the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think when I say let's do lunch, I'm like, well, I really will. Like at some point I'm actually going to get to you. I w- yeah. literally am putting your name down in my notebook mm-hmm. as someone I need to catch yes. up with or like, go to lunch. Let's schedule it right now. Mm-hmm. Like you let's know. put our calendars right yes, now. Yes, yeah. you know. And I apologize to anyone out there that I did forget. That's <laughs> my but um, but I you. do, I really do try to yeah. connect that circle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And not let it just, you know, drift about out there. Yes. I think there's something about that finishing, you know, actually, mm-hmm. I said, now we're going to do. I think that's yes. a perfect visual to just have this like wire sparking mm. off by itself. So sad and alone. Yes. Like that's how Dangerous. someone yeah. feels. <laughs> like, like, well, clearly what I had to say and what I think and how I feel is not important to this group. So therefore it's not important. Mm. Like how awful is that? So to have someone come back and be like, no, let me plug you back in because I do see you. Mm-hmm. I do feel you and I do hear you and I want to like fully understand it. Let's plug you back in and make sure that you're feeling that way too. Yeah. It's like, advocacy. It's an, Absolutely. It's, yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's advocacy, advocacy right? It's connection. It's, it's, I think some of us yeah. are just natural advocates. Like we're making sure that those that yes. need to be heard are being heard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. true. Yay, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I have fun questions for you guys. Are you yes. ready? Yes, fire away. Uh, all right, so individual questions <laughs> to begin with. So, Diana, you're up first. Awesome. Because you guys are travelers, I want to know. <laughs> so you studied in Granada, Spain, mm-hmm. and I want you to to talk about that. What was that experience like for you? It was awesome. It actually changed a lot for me. It sounds very like, oh, my God, another girl who studied abroad and came back but and changed person. But it does change a but lot. It did. I, so I went, um, I only stayed in university for three years. I graduated early. So I went like my senior year of what it would be of college. And um, so I was experiencing all these new things. It was the first time I had really been away, away from home all by myself. Um, I had a really weird childhood. I, I spent half my time in St. Louis and the other time in Cleveland where my dad was. So I like was very used to traveling. I right. was gone a lot. Um, and I loved to travel. My parents had taken me places, um, you know, when I was in high school, but there's something so different about doing it all on your own. And mm-hmm. I also paid for it on my own. So not only was it gratifying, but then I got there and all of a sudden it was also the first time in my life where I didn't know anyone. I grew up in a really small town, so everybody knows everyone. And this was my very first time that I literally had no connection to anyone. I didn't know somebody's cousin, their mom, whoever. I didn't go to kindergarten with them. And I'm like, whoa. And I actually found that I was able to be more of myself and like really figure out who I was. Um, Because not only are you just like going to class abroad and like hang out all these new people, but I realized like... I'm pretty outgoing. I'm pretty outspoken. Like, I'm pretty brave. I can do all these things. I actually got a tattoo on my arm when I was there to really symbolize how I, like, bloomed when ah, I was there. It's a flower tattoo. It's for a flower. What kind of flower is it's it? It's actually um, a lavender and then a pomegranate flower because pomegranate in Spanish is granada. Ah, mm-hmm. right. So it was, ah. it's a little reminder and I got the tattoo entirely in Spanish. I did all the liaising in Spanish. So I was also very proud of myself. Yeah. Well, but it is, it's an experience that you, you gain confidence, you gain self-esteem. And then don't yeah. you also feel that starting out there, 
now you're going to travel for the rest of your life. Like that's going to be a part of what you do. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be more of, you know, part of the world community, which I think is also crazy important. Absolutely. It it was part of the reason that I felt confident enough to take my first job out of college, which is where I met Leanne, where we worked at the international NGO. And um, after working there for probably about six months, Leanne was like, hey, you're going to come to Estonia with us. You're going to put on a big (laughs) event and you were going to Estonia. And I was 21. I was like, okay, let's do it. And we had the best time. But I I don't think I would have been as prepared for that if I hadn't traveled and been in like, you know, crazy traveling situations Mm -hmm. before. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well. Okay, Leanne, you too, Miss Traveler. <laughs> uh, you studied in Austria, Czech Republic, Germany, Poland. Hello. Tell me. Yeah, so that was an immersion course that I took in the summer of my, I think that was my junior year or going into senior year. Um, and it was all surrounded around the Holocaust mm-hmm. and that time in history. So it, it was very sombering um, and very eye-opening and just, it was incredible. I mean, I that's something that I, I grew up really being fascinated about, just the history of how could something like this possibly happen. Um, right? It that, just cannot fathom. That right? is the thing. And, and yeah. it's like, how did people get caught up in this and think this was... Yes. An okay thing to be going on mm-hmm. and that made sense. And you yes. know there were people that did not. Right. I'm going to think us three would be the people that would be like, Absolutely what not. is the world going, what yes. is happening here? Yes. I mean, it's it, it boggles my mind. It, it freaks yes, me out that me people too. can get led into something yes. like that. Oh yes. my God, get led and get so lost and just get so wrapped up in this, fake world that someone else built for them to live in, to be manipulated by. Mm-hmm. So it, it was uh, it was one of the most important trips I've ever been on. I remember being in Dachau, um, one of the concentration camps, and looking, and it's at the top of this beautiful hill, and just standing there thinking like, this is gorgeous. This is a beautiful place. How could something so atrocious happen mm-hmm. surrounded by such beauty? It just did not make sense. I couldn't connect the dots yeah. to it. Um, but it, it was, uh, th- there was the, the really heavy side of that trip. And then there was the really light side of that trip because I was with some really great friends and we had some beautiful memories in between the two. But it it just ignited something that's always been inside of me. I've always been someone who I just want to see everything. I want to meet everyone, see everything, do everything. I'm one of three kids in my family. I'm the only one that moved away. Um, my whole family's still in Colorado. And I just, that's just been something embedded in me from the start. I just, I want to go. Mm-hmm. I want to go and see and do yes. everything, period. Oh my gosh, what um, an amazing experience though. Yeah. And you know that that's how people get caught up into like cults. Yes. And, you know, because yes. it's really a cult, right? To To take anything and yes. turn it like an evil thing and turn it like, oh, this is what we need to do. This is good. This is yes. really going to help us out. Absolutely. It's like you're manipulating an already small mindset, an already small view that someone has, and you're really focusing in on that even more so on the dark parts of it and just you're taking over someone's life and their beliefs. And I, I mean, we see it so, so often, especially Absolutely. today. And like, 
looking at like QAnon, like things mm-hmm. like that. Right. It's yeah. just right. It's so eerily familiar. Um, yes, to think very much. So I've said the yeah. same thing, and and what it can, the energy around it. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm watching an really interesting documentary right now about it's called no one saw a thing and it's in skidmore Mm. missouri Mm. never heard of it i never heard this story it was back in the 80s but basically the town bully this man was horrible and what it sounds like is a group of people got together and said he's got to go so they murdered him Oh my goodness. And then it, what it talks about from there is like now the town has this secret. I mean, no one's really come out there. No one knows what actually happened. Wow. To this day, I think, I haven't, I haven't finished the documentary. It might be <laughs> a spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm in the middle of it. But the thing they that they talked about was this town secret and over the years and how that manifested itself. Now, some people, of course, are like, oh, that wasn't because of that. But you're like, but there's a high percentage of really awful things that happened in your tiny little town of like, I think maybe 500 people. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where even like an evil human being that we think we need to get rid of, mm-hmm. what that can look like, you know, I mean, the evil human being, let's maybe behind bars and they're never getting out and, you know, they yeah. they obviously can't function in society, mm-hmm. but do we get to also say, you're out of here. Yeah. Is you know? that right. our decision to make? I don't think so at all. You know, no, that's it's not it's my responsibility. It's a very tough thing, but it's it's also like, let's get you out of society, mm-hmm. but, you know. And figure out what's going on. Yes. Like, I think that there's some things that are beyond our scope of being able to fix within humans, right? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But yes. there are some things that I think are fixable sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a background in that, but just from speaking from my authentic place, I think that there's, Sometimes you can come back from something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're too far gone. But right. that's not my responsibility to decide who is and who isn't. And you know? I would even say that most people who, you know, some people might deem as bad apples or whatever, I always believe no one starts off as a bad mm-hmm. apple. You're yep. born completely innocent. And I always, whenever I look at people who have done bad, sometimes my first feeling is empathy and mm-hmm. sadness that they have had this life that, has forced them, of course, some people have actual mental illness that it's not, you know, due to childhood trauma or whatever. But I look at people who do horrendous things and think about what things did you witness in your life right. that, happened. that led you this are doing this to other happened. people? Yeah. I do and think that can that happen in, in you. the womb, though, as well. I, yeah. Do you I mean, think yeah. it can happen Absolutely. in the womb or you could Absolutely. be born into a where you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know. It's, mm-hmm. But I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just know that some people cannot function in society mm-hmm. and some people... You can help them through therapy if they have the they can trust a therapist and have that, which is a that's yeah. a problem too. Mm-hmm. If you can't trust anyone, therapy's not right. gonna work for you. Right. But if you do have that within you that you can begin to trust and bond, mm-hmm. then yeah, then there's hope. There you you can we can figure out a way that you can come back into society and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, be a good human being. But unfortunately not everyone. Not yes. everyone. <laughs> and and I think that speaks to as well, you know, you just never know how you're actually affecting someone that you come into contact with. Yes. You have no clue how big of an impact you could have. Even if it's the smallest thing, it could be the seed that was planted oh for gosh. something that's yes. something yep, bigger. Yep. So um I think going back to that like mindset of like kindness and empathy and I just that's what I always try to lean in with is like, I don't know if this is going to be a meaningful, you know, connection for you today or tomorrow or 10 years from now, 
but shoot, if it's if it's going to, I'm going to make sure to be the best version of myself yeah. to show up for you mm-hmm. just in case. If not, then that's cool. But at least, you know, I was who I am and I gave you some kindness today. And you did the perfect segue. We didn't set this up. <laughs> we did not set this up, but perfect into kindness because that's yeah. what I'm all about. And so will both of you just give me... Um, some kind of kindness you've witnessed, received, you've given, just, you know, a, a kindness story. Mm, I think my first thing that really comes to mind are my grandparents, actually. So my, I call her Awa and my papa, who has passed away a couple years ago, unfortunately. Um, they were huge I don't know how to describe their house, but pretty much they would take in anyone who needed to be taken in. And this was even when my mom was a kid. Um, They took in a whole family that was running from a coyotes in Guatemala. They took in lots of LGBTQ people who were cast out from their homes. They took in people who were studying abroad because they lived in a university town. So they'd have, like, you know, people from different countries come and stay with them for months, even years. Like my mom would talk about her childhood with some random dude who lived there for two years because he didn't have anywhere else to go. And so um, my papa, he was such a kind person. And I, he really lived his life with like, I'm just going to be nice to everybody. And I remember very, very specifically, my grandparents love Ireland. They were... I think they went 17 times together. Like, oh they gosh. love it. And so we were walking through the streets of, um, like, Galway. And there's, you know, homelessness, just a little bit. And my papa would stop and give a dollar to homeless people. And I was, like, 17 on this trip. So I'm like, why are you giving them money? Like, they're just going to spend it on drugs, alcohol, you know what everyone says. And he's like, I don't know what they're going to spend it on. And they need a dollar, and I have one. So I might as well give it to them. And I remember being, like, really surprised that he was so willing to give someone a dollar, even if they might just turn around and go buy a beer with it. Mm -hmm. But he was like, it doesn't matter if that's what they do. If that brings them happiness and kindness, that's not my story. I can just help them. And I, that's always stuck with me. Cool grandparents. Very cool. They're the best. Thank (laughs) you for sharing Mm -hmm. that one. So what I was going to share also had to do with um, a homeless story. So I'll pivot to a different story. <laughs> oh, no. Um, you can do a story. <laughs> you decide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll share something more recent. So one of our old friends and coworkers, she was going through a really rough time with her family. Um, without sharing too many details, her grandma had gotten really hurt and was in the hospital. Um, and they... They come from a community that they use everything that they have. They're in Cameroon, Africa. And um, she reached out to me just needing some help. And I was like, of course, whatever you need, you got it. But what else can I do? Like, is what else do you need? Um, and essentially, she was just asking for the bare minimum to be able to, like, feed her family that month. And she was like, as long as I can do that, I can figure out everything else. But with the numbers she was sharing, I was like, but you don't have everything to take care of everything Mm -hmm. and your grandma. So I ended up reaching out to our old coworker group um, and was like, you guys, we we need to do something like this is this is a piece of our heart. We really need to help her. And we ended up raising like over a thousand dollars to help with like this medical bill and food and all of these things. And it wasn't just within our circle. It was within strangers and family and friends. And it was just the coolest thing. And I wanted to share this because I, it reminds me that for myself, even, I feel like I always have this huge urge to just like help people. But then I'm always pulled back by this huge, awful, low energy thought of like, but like, can you actually help people? Mm. Like you're only you. What are you going to do? Like, 
you're not Gandhi, ma'am. And so there's like always this, this so struggle. Little, it is. though it wasn't taking care of some huge issue, exactly. those little tiny things have the ripple. I mean, in that, I shouldn't say tiny because I think that that's amazing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you took the time and you got these people together yeah. and people were like, here's money, let's figure this out. Yeah. But it's, you know, that $1,000, what did that do? Right. I mean, it gave security and comfort and just a sense of like, we're okay. But I think the coolest thing, you know, tying back to like, what could you possibly do? Like something, period. Something. That's it. Like Mm -hmm. all I had to do was send a text and it just, it snowballs from there. So it, it was a good reminder for me. And I think people who were, you know, there and willing to help was like, you don't have to move mountains. Mm. You just have to take a step forward. Yeah. And by doing that, like that is what causes things to be become bigger, to become more impactful. But if you don't just do that, nothing happens. So just mm-hmm. a small reminder that like even the smallest things, they really can have an impact over time. Um, you just have to start. So yeah, I start love somewhere. it. Yeah. You guys, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being the people you are and for doing the things that you're doing. Um, It's, you know, we need more of these sorts of people out there. And I just, I love it. Thank you both. Thank you. It was so much fun meeting you in person. Oh my gosh. It was so much fun meeting you guys. So tell tell everybody, like, I mean, I know you guys are both on LinkedIn and people can connect Mm -hmm. with you there. Are there any other ways you'd want people to connect with you or... LinkedIn is great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's another social media. LinkedIn's probably the best. That's where I keep all my updates about my life. And I also (laughs) like to speak pretty honestly and earnestly on LinkedIn as well. There's a lot of fluff on LinkedIn. (laughs) And so I try to not be that fluff. So if you're interested in that kind of content, you can come over to me. (laughs) I'm not fluffy. I'm not fluffy. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say the same. Like, reach out anywhere. I will, however, put the caveat. I, although I am a millennial, I am the worst millennial at social media. Like, Especially I just, Instagram for you. Yes. <laughs> like, I've just really gone down this, like, spiral of not giving a shit. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know what it is. I think it's just, like, again, like, I'm finding, like, myself. And it takes a lot of energy to be able to keep up with things. So, I, yes, if you does. reach out, then I eventually will get back to you. I responded to someone once two years later. <laughs> And I was the like, response will happen, and it will happen at the it right time. It will happen. Yes. Yes. The universe will make it happen. Yes, it will. Just trust. It's, yes, if you really need me, then just like reach out via email. Send, an, send yes. a message. Send, a, send something. A but... Snail mail. Anything. I love it. Smoke I signal. Love it. Page. Whatever it is. Well, Leanne and Diana, thank you. Thank you again for being guests today and for all oh, you're doing. Thank you. I thank you so you much. I appreciate, appreciate you and for everything that you do. I think you bring some really cool, like you said, weird and creative exactly. and just yes. honest, authentic people together. So thank you for the work that you do it's every all day. all about kindness and happiness. Absolutely. Yes. All right, everybody out thank there. You. So <laughs> be kind. Learn yes. from, take your kindness to that next level. And thank you for listening. I love you. Love you. Have a good one.